Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the To Be Fit podcast. We are on episode six, and today I'm joined with another fellow MNU student, Anna. Um, it's a confusing day because the clocks have went back, so we're we don't know where we're at quite. Um, but we managed to pull it together and get get on this podcast. So, how are you today, Anna? You all right? Uh, a bit sniffly. I've I've managed to come down with a bug that I tried to tried to flush out overnight, but um, the bug won, unfortunately. And I think you're in the same boat. <laughs> I don't think I'm as bad as you, though. No. No, and this no. is the joys of having a one-year-old who is also full of snot. Yeah, at least I don't have that. <laughs> <laughs> He's a blessing. So, um, Anna, if you wouldn't mind just kind of introducing yourself to the listeners, please. Who are you? Where are you from? How old are you? Sure. Um, I'm Anna. I'm 24 and I live in Norwich in Norfolk. Um, and I guess my main focus at the moment is personal fat loss. Um, I'm not a nutritionist. I'm not a PT. I'm on my own journey. Um, and I've enrolled on MNU to cut all the bullshit, get straight to the source of the information, learn it myself, and then hopefully in the future be able to help others in the same way because I've been faffing around for the last three years with different diets, uh, different methods, and it wasn't until the last six months or so that the principle clicked and the light bulb went off in my head, and that's what led me to MNU. So, yeah, that's me. (laughs) So, uh, for how old are you again? Sorry, Anna. Twenty-four. Twenty-four. So, is uh, yeah. I mean, obviously, there's kind of our first subject, like, and this is kind of something why I wanted to get you on, so people could find a little bit relatability there with someone like yourself. I've looked at your Instagram, and it's kind of very real as well. Yeah, there's there's no bullshit. There's no lies. If I'm feeling shit, if I gain weight, it, it all goes on there. And is that kind of? how you've got such a good positive response on that platform? I think so. There's a lot of people that can just relate to me and there's a lot of people that send me messages saying, oh, I wish I could be as real as you and just put it out there, but I'm so scared of what others think. But um, yeah, I just I just put it out there for the world. <laughs> yeah, and you're probably very much like me in a place of thinking that you're nothing special, so a lot of people are probably going to be in a similar boat to yourself. Yeah, definitely. I, there's nothing special about me. I'm as I'm as mundane as it gets. <laughs> but I think a lot of people can relate to that. And they, you know, I'm not an influencer that gets paid to go to the Bahamas and wear boohoo clothing. No. I'm just someone who goes to work and then tries to squeeze the gym in afterwards. Well, this was kind of the thinking, especially behind this podcast, is you know, it's an opportunity for your audience and mine to get to know you a little bit more, just so they can kind of get an idea of who is the real Anna. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, right. Um, how long have you been kind of struggling with uh, weight? Has this been since a child or? Um, I was always larger, ever uh, overweight. And then I went to university. I had no one watching what I was eating. And uh, it turns out that a diet of pizza and beer for three years it's not good for you who'd who'd have thought <laughs> yeah i know i know um but yeah that's what i did i just i ate like total crap for three years um 
I'm pretty sure that's what developed all my allergies because my diet was so, so horrific. I think I've just ruined my body. Yeah. What what were you doing at university out of interest? Uh, I did law. I did law. I know you had Shannon on before with a law degree. Yeah, so there's well... obviously some attraction between law and nutrition. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say <laughs> something about law, I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, I did a law degree, but I, I realised pretty quickly that I wasn't after like a legal career as a solicitor. Um, I did think law was going to be my future, but um, after working a little bit, I've I realised that that is not my passion. I'm just not interested. Are you working in that field at the minute or something to do with that? Yeah, something to do with it. Um, I work for the local government. Um, and I was, I was doing something legal based last year up until last November. And then I sacked it off. Um, so I, I, <laughs> I joined this company. Um, I worked my ass off. I became a supervisor of a regional team across two counties and I realized I just hated it. So I, I ditched it. I shot down the pay scales, took an easier job so I could uh, focus on nutrition. So as far as your experiences with diets, you mentioned that you've had one or two um, attempts. Yeah, yeah, one or two. <laughs> um, I was a I was a yo-yo dieter. Right. Um, and I think Slimming World was my my longest um, affiliation, I guess you'd say, my my longest attempt. And how long was that? Um, about a year and a half. I was on Slimming World with little to no progress, eating unlimited potatoes and pasta, thinking they're sin, sin free. It's all good. I'm going to lose weight. Next week will be my week. Nah. And no. everything I lost, I put it back on. So how long? Uh, how was you know? How much did you lose when you were in Slim World for that year and a half? Well, I went up and down. So the most I lost was 40 pounds and I put it all back on. <laughs> <laughs> so it wasn't overly successful. Um, no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend swimming well to anyone. Right. I, I tell you what, Anna, I'm just going, uh, we're just going to go to audio only. Just see if I can improve the, um, improve the connection there. If you just want to press, uh, the, just so it's audio only, that might be a little bit better. Do you hear us? Yeah, yeah, I hear you. Oh, that's much better. Brilliant. So off video now. Um, so right, sorry. Uh, back to Slim and World. So, uh, it's something that you wouldn't really recommend. No, just because you learn anything by going to Slim and World. It's just, it's like a tick box exercise. It's it's all written out for you you don't learn what's healthy and what's not you just learn how many sins are in things and um well that's it how many sins are in things that's all you learn <laughs> <laughs> oh god um was this something that you'd seen quite common in this kind of slimming world uh format amongst other people like the yo-yoing yeah there's a lot of yo-yo there's a lot of maintenance there's a lot of people gaining and they don't know why and now I've stepped away from it. I know exactly why. And it's because people are eating too much. But Slimming World, the platform 
isn't designed for people who don't know how to portion control. So if you se- if you tell someone you can have unlimited potatoes and unlimited pasta, but you can't have unlimited sweets, well, that's great. But if they're eating a whole plate of roast potatoes because they think it's fine, they're not going to lose any weight because the amount of food they're eating is the problem. Yeah, and there's no kind of foundational education around stuff like calories. No, no, there's not. Although I have had a few people message me saying that their consultant has told them to now focus on calories now they've lost weight, which is good, but I suppose that depends entirely on the consultant having an awareness of calories and (coughs) steering people towards it. Yeah, and I think the consultants are generally previous success stories within Slim and World themselves, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. I think so, yeah. Yeah, so it's quite a kind of poorly regulated industry is the weight loss one so we have you know slimming world's weight watchers and all of these herba life and juice plus reps yeah kind of all trying to do the same thing so when was it the like the real penny dropped was it just out of frustration of this kind of repeated failing yeah um it was actually um i found james smith pt yes on instagram because someone was moaning about him and the way his approach was. So I went and had a look at him and I don't agree with his ethos and the way he behaves, Mm -hmm. but the message he sends is incredible. And that was the penny drop. I was like, fuck calories. That's all. That's all it is. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it's, you know, from a, a marketing perspective, I think James is like obviously exploded and I think it's, you can't be an yeah. opinionated personal trainer these days without being compared with James Smith. However, no. you know, he is getting that message out to a huge audience that energy balance right. is kind of supreme. So we've got to kind of commend him on that, I guess, regardless of how he does it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think I think he's a clever guy. Yeah. And he knows what he's doing. Um, uh I think, I think, as uh, yeah. far as him helping people, he obviously is helping a lot of people. I think when there's elements of his... yeah controversy, I think it engages people a lot more. You know, yeah, positive definitely. or negative. There's a lot of people that love him for the way he is. Definitely, yes. Um, but you know, like from a um, a marketing perspective, that's kind of essentially what all of us are trying to do is create a better platform so we people can hear our voice and message and that's when you really get them in and educate them so you know i don't know what he does in his own private service so these are just probably the you know the casting the net i guess and then once got people in that's when he can really get to work on them so you know we've got to think about what's going on behind the scenes i suppose yeah, definitely. And I um, I don't know when it was published, um, but he said he he purposely targets certain groups like the ketogenic diet and he will bash it to hell because he doesn't want ketogenic ketogenic people, people following that diet on his plan because his plan is not for them. No. So if he bashes it, he rules them out, but he doesn't care because he doesn't want them anyway. Yeah. 
it, well, yeah, I think it's, well, you know, like, um, he's clearly doing a good job, you know, he's got hundreds of thousands of likes on uh, followers on Instagram and probably a, a huge engagement as well, so it's not just like they're, you know, fake followers. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, right, so, I mean, uh, looking at your Instagram profile, you've not only said that you are um, on your own kind of weight loss journey yourself, but also you've got uh, PCOS. Do you want to go into a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. Um, so I kind of kept this hidden for a bit because I didn't want it to be how people identified me because a lot of people with PCOS just say, oh, I can't lose weight, I've got PCOS, and that's the end of it. Um, so I was diagnosed with it um, a couple of years ago um, when I finished university. I always thought there was something up, and I had blood tests done when I was 17, but um, they didn't find anything. And I think it's PCOS is quite a new, it's quite a new field, and people are only just getting to grips with it. Yeah. Um, so basically it's poly, I can't, this is probably wrong. It's polycystic ovary syndrome. That's it. Um, yeah. <laughs> I always get it wrong. I'm like, okay, I don't actually know the name of the... Me, personally, it just means that my ovaries don't behave how they're supposed to. Um, I really struggle with weight loss. Um, and it's something that I check in with at the doctors regularly. Um I've got a lot of testosterone in my body, um, which leads to a lot of excess hair for me personally. Um, and I suffer with acne quite bad. So um, it's a great condition to have. It, sounds... <laughs> it really helps in life. <laughs> and it's something that we haven't really kind of went into yet on the course. So that's going to no. pr probably be something that's going to really prick your ears up when we come round to it, I'd imagine. Definitely. And that's um, that's one of the things that sold the course to me um, when I was looking through the syllabus for it for the year, you know, a whole lecture on PCOS, which will have, you know, studies and further reading and all of that kind of stuff. That is exactly what I need. And then if I can get my head around it, I can then help others who have it as well and say, look, I don't just know about it. I've got it as well. Yeah. And I think that's obviously some people will be able to kind of, as you said, almost fall back on the fact that they've got uh, PCOS and use it as yeah. an excuse, whereas if they're doing it to somebody like you. Yeah. I mean, I had a conversation with someone a while ago. This is before I put it on Instagram that I had PCOS. And before, they just said before me, you came out? Yeah, before I came out. When <laughs> I was in the closet, when I was in the PCOS closet, um, I had someone message me and say, so it's brave. not their fault lose weight you know they had pcos and i just said well that's bullshit because i've got it as well and i'm i'm losing weight yeah i mean definitely i think um a lot of people search for a reason where it's like kind of the genetic component or whatever and it's just like listen yeah you're not a, <laughs> a unique snowflake like you think you are no yes. no definitely not <laughs> so you're currently sorry sorry go on I was just going to say, people love to have an excuse to fall back on, don't they? Oh, yes. Um, yeah, definitely. I mean, <laughs> as far as um, your current fat loss strategy, so how yeah. long has that been going on for? 
Um, ooh, since last July, um, and I'm down. Uh, I think I'm down around about fifty pounds at the moment. But I'm doing a twelve-week transformation on Instagram, and every week I'm publishing my loss. Um, and I'm down just under ten pounds, and I'm on week six i think or week seven brilliant um but it's actually going to tie in quite nicely because i've signed up to um L- uh, lm lm which is lift more lose more light and it's run by two guys one of which is a mnu graduate scott um and they're gonna help me for the last four weeks of this transformation because i've got a friend's wedding to attend in four weeks um so i'm hoping for a little boost on the last four weeks of this so what strategy have you been kind of implementing as late? Just simply tracking calories on my fitness pal. Um, I've been trying to go to the gym more. At one point I was going six days a week, but I've kind of tailed it back um, over recent weeks because I've had other stuff going on. But um, the calories, the calories are king. And if I go to the gym... I give myself a few extra calories as like a reward or as an incentive to go. But um, otherwise, just simply tracking food, trying to eat more veggies, trying to eat more fibrous foods. Um, I now need to focus on higher protein, but that hasn't been a priority for me. But um, it hasn't seemed to get in the way yet. So just to get this right, primarily calories are your kind of main um priority and then secondary to that would be protein and calories um no No? it would be calories calories number one and then fiber number two right and then working up that hierarchy is getting towards protein for you personally yeah i mean i probably should focus on protein more but um i'm skint at the moment (laughs) so um i can't actually afford a lot of meat at the moment so i've been having a lot of um beans and lentils and crap like that (laughs) oh well i mean i think as well it's it's a system that's working so far and you know it yeah if if it's not broken it doesn't necessarily need fixing and this is something i'll tell people that you know an energy deficit's an energy deficit it doesn't really your body doesn't necessarily care how it's created no definitely not you know, it doesn't go, oh, this is a good energy deficit, oh, this is a bad energy deficit. Yeah, and I think a lot of people, when they first discover calories, they then go straight into macros, and they're like, oh, I need to track my macros, I need to get my fat and my carbs bang on. And it's just like, why? Why do you need to do that? Your body isn't going to care if you have 10 grams of extra fat and and less, less carbs as a result. Your body's not going to go, oh, no, you shouldn't have had all that fat, you know fuck the calorie deficit you're keeping all this weight on it's just it's not relevant yeah i think i quite often with clients like make them simplify it and kind of walk down that hierarchy just so they can kind of eliminate any association with failure whatsoever it's like okay you didn't hit your protein but were you within your total calories and you know if they're in over the total calories for a day can we average that out over the week and so on and so forth yeah, I think that's a really great way to do it because the the easier it is to achieve, the more likely it is someone's going to stick to it. Well, it's just that kind of adherence effect that we 
spoke about probably a few weeks ago on the course, you know, yeah. and it's yeah. trying to keep everybody as adherent to the system as it can possibly be for the longest possible time. And inevitably it's for forever, really. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Ca calories count forever. Sorry. They do. Although you don't have to track them forever. <laughs> no, I think no. people get scared by that thought. <laughs> yeah. And this is something that I was was going to got a post in mind about my semi-tracking attitude now towards nutrition that you know it's yeah. it's a system that I'll continually uh, carry on however I incorporate it in my life if I know I'm going out I'll still track on that day however it just gives yeah. us a bit more of a I don't know an idea of what flexibility I have surrounding what I've ate Okay, so you kind of use it as guideline, but not yeah, religious. Yeah, it just depends. I, I generally tell people, you know, nutrition for me is more like a, a dial as opposed to a light switch. And if I'm pre yeah. if I'm prepping to get stupidly lean, then it's right the way up, and I've got to be a little bit more, um, yeah, a little bit more adherent to a more, I don't know, stringent plan. I guess, however normally yeah. i'm just right in the middle you know enjoying life and eating relatively freely in my i, I feel freedom within yeah. my nutrition and that's the important thing i think when it comes to successful diets is you know how it, what is your perspective eating that and if it's easy then that's a good thing yeah yeah i totally, totally agree yeah i think um Nutrition is a little bit of a minefield out there for people. So by them simplifying it to literally just calories generally makes it, I think they feel it's too simple. Therefore, it can't be right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I per I personally had that as well. I found that um, I, I did macro tracking for a bit, which is why I can laugh at it because I know exactly how it feels. Um and then when I went to calorie tracking, I was like, no, this this is too easy. This is too easy. I can't be losing fat. Then the weeks pass and the fat starts to drop off and you're like, fuck, why, why did I make life so difficult for myself? Yeah. And I think, you know, tracking macros, for example, and a conversation I've had with clients is like, if you're not hungry, don't eat. Whereas in the past, you know, these people would be making all these elaborate final meals of the day, like full of cereal and <laughs> like you know all of this shit yeah. basically just to kind of make up the macros and i'm like you know all it's going to do is result in further fat loss down the line yeah yeah but um people are so hell-bent on achieving the targets aren't they yeah i think they just get again like a bit of a like a, a morality association to these and the they take their self-work on the self-worth on the ability to hit these macros yeah yeah and it's like <laughs> and it's it's not even a like a hundred percent system anyway sorry to break it to people no. no it's not it's not and there's so many different um what was i gonna say structures for macros you know you've got 40 40 20 yeah. 30 30 40 you know there is no right answer and um I think unless you're unless you're prepping for a competition, um, I've not done that myself, but I I would only think that that would be the only situation in which your macro build up would be 
important. <sighs> I mean, you can yeah. answer that. Yeah, there's just no good macros. <laughs> I think everybody assumes that there's this magic macro range, and that used to be kind of like, I mean, maybe something that I was in search for, this holy grail of macros back in the day. But, like, when you're that lean, there's just no amount of food. This is where, like, I, I consider, like, fat loss as margins. And when you start and you've got a lot of body fat, your margins are massive. Um, yeah. Because you've got an energy source for your body to go to. But when you're really, really lean, your margins are tiny. You've got to, essentially, food's the only energy you've got. Yeah. Apart from, like, the minuscule amount of body fat. So it just there's no way in however you structure your diet no matter how much flexibility you have and how much stuff you incorporate you just yeah. you just it's not it's not healthy it's at the other end of the spectrum of health and it's why yeah. i kind of i go there very infrequently for a very specific period of time and then i come back out as quick as i can and generally people's mistakes are thinking they can sustain it and only very few can and they're typically more naturally lean yeah sure and sure I, and i think you know we we have spoke about it and i think it was in the previous courses about genetics and how they influence um the especially the one percent club i call them you know these people are comparing yeah. themselves to the people with a million followers on instagram and it's like there's a reason they've got a million followers. It's because everybody, they're kind of at the pinnacle. Yeah, sure. <laughs> like Jamie Alderton, do you follow him? Yeah, Jamie, yeah. You know, Andy's a good kind of advocate for health and fitness and balance as well, yeah. He is, but his, his body is just like my my other half. He said, oh, I'd love to have a body like that, but... You know, you just look at how he's built and then you look at how, well, not I'm built, but how my other half's built. And you just think, you know, it's a good goal, but that's that's just not going to be your future. Yeah, and I think it's important people, you know, are inspired by these, but they don't try and be them. Yeah, exactly. It's the balance of wanting to be like them, but not being upset <laughs> when you're not the replica of them. Funnily enough, I did have a few years ago a client come to me with Jamie Alderton's six month transformation. I don't know if you've seen it. Yeah. It went quite viral on YouTube and he and this person had no real history of lifting weights. And he just yeah. showed us the picture and said, This guy done it in six months. I want to see him. <laughs> and, I, and I was like, I goes, You do know that's Jamie Alderton, you know, the fitness model professional. And he was like, hmm. and I was like, well, yeah, that's not going to happen. You're you're going to be bitterly disappointed. This person has like a decade worth of resistance training, and in that picture, he's just got a bit of fat on him. That that muscle's there, yeah. you know. And it's it's just crazy people's perceptions on, you know, how I don't know the the thing easy it is. No. A lot of people think that they can just get shredded in 12 weeks. It's just, that's just not realistic. You're looking a year minimum. Yeah, it, and, it, and all, it all depends on how much, where you start at. Yeah, and how much effort you put into it. Yeah, I mean, probably a revelation for me 
especially my last prep was the use of diet breaks and it's something that I'll use on especially general population regardless of how much body fat they've got to lose is you know like these periods of practice and habits associated with maintenance as opposed to this kind of linear thought about fat loss yeah I think you need that mental break as well yeah and I think it's it's good now for clients especially not to go oh I fucked up it's like oh I had a week of maintenance and it just again as I said earlier just takes away any relatability to failure and that's generally what fucks people up is like they think they failed so what's the point yeah would that (laughs) would that say that's been something that you've struggled with in the past yeah definitely every time I maintained or gained weight you know I failed every time I did didn't hit my macros sorry about that guys we uh literally had to make anna drive down the street so she had better 4g (laughs) (laughs) so hopefully the connect uh the connection's a little bit better so uh just back on the subject you mentioned about we were talking about failures um if you want to pick up where you left off do you remember where we left off yeah i think so um yeah, I was just saying that um, when I was doing Slimmer World, every time I, I maintained or I gained weight, I felt like I failed. And um, at Slimmer World, you have to kind of justify when you've lost weight and it's uh, when you've gained weight, sorry. And it is um, it's an awful experience <laughs> to stand in front of a group of people and be like, oh, well, I did eat that pizza on Tuesday. And then people are like shaking their heads. At you. <laughs> oh, my God. That is I know. how many people are you stood in front of? Um, at my group, it wasn't that many it was about 12, 15. Um, and this is a while ago and I'm not sure if they still do it like that because it was pretty, pretty rough <laughs> to, to stand there. And it's kind of like, you know, the, the slim and wild sketch with, um, is it, uh, I've forgotten her name oh, when she does like the Weight Watchers group. It's, it's not Marjorie Dawes, is it? I might be. It might be. Yeah. And she's like. You gained weight, did you? You fat piece of shit. And that's how you just feel. <laughs> that is how you feel when you're stood there. And and normally the irony is, like Little Britain, the consultants normally overweight themselves. God, I think uh, I think it speaks for themselves. And it's quite one of these difficult things that people struggle to grasp, especially if they do Slimming World themselves. That it's not good. No. I mean the whole I mean we we we're not arguing the fact that people lose weight doing it but like weight loss isn't the only thing that we're really bothered about no it's general general health and well-being as well and empowerment I think's probably the main one yeah yeah because I think when you leave slimmer world or when you try and break away from the group you haven't you haven't actually learned anything so the only way you can continue it forward is by thinking the same way. So being like, oh, I can't eat this Snickers because it's X amount of sins. Yeah. But, um, what you actually need to tell people is, well, actually, there's a calorie value on that and you can fit it in and you don't need to worry about how many bloody sins it is because it, you just need to eat it in balance with the rest of your daily intake. So your current nutrition is... 
Is it a kind of free-for-all? I noticed pizzas on the menu. We've just had a brief discussion on <laughs> Pizza Hut versus Domino's. Pizza is definitely on the menu. And I, I actually had a pizza on Friday at work. So um, I don't... Uh, what did I have? I had a small lunch and it was like a couple hundred calories. And then for dinner, I was so hungry. And where I work, I've got three choices, which is Waitrose, Lidl or go into town and get a takeaway. And I just thought, you know what? I don't want a little ready meal because they're not very nice. I don't want to go to Waitrose and buy something really expensive that is just not going to satisfy me. I'm going to I'm going to say fuck it and I'm going to go have a Domino's and it just fit it fitted into my day. So I didn't feel guilty for having it. I didn't eat all of it, admittedly, but um I ate a good majority of it. And I, I didn't feel guilty afterwards. And the next day I woke up and I didn't feel like I failed. I didn't feel disappointed in myself. I just thought, right, what's for breakfast? And that's something I've had a debate on, I think just today, on a Facebook post I'd put up saying somebody arguing that I was ad- advocating a diet of, you know, processed, refined food. And I was like, yeah. well, you know, these things can be incorporated into it and... You know, we've got a kind of question, well, what is the spectrum of health that we're looking at? Yeah, yeah. And if, if your diet is going to say to you, no, you can never eat a pizza, well, how fucking miserable is that? Yeah, and and at the end of the day, like, you're, what, 24 years old, you said, and, like, it's like, you yeah. know, you're going to live till, you know, you're, you're 80 or something like that. Is your entire life going to be just spent avoiding nice food exactly that's um it's a bit of a punishment really isn't it yeah so it's how it's about the question is how can i incorporate this yeah and i think if your diet was all processed foods then yeah you're going to have an issue and you're going to have health complications as a result but once in a while that is that is not going to hurt you and it, it's that phrase, isn't it? Everything in moderation. Yeah. And and as you said, you're kind of a fine example of this. You spent several years maybe arguably abusing um, the pizza. The pizza diet. The pizza <laughs> diet. Um, yet you're now like kind of going right. Now we need to kind of uh, have a better foundation moving forward, I guess. Yeah but not eradicate foods. You know, it's like my, like Martin teaches us, there's no bad foods, there's just bad diets. Yeah, very much so. Um, I mean, looking at your... I looked at your goals and you said you've got like a short, mid and long term and the initial one is focusing on your own health. Um, yeah. And then kind of your medium terms, looking at like a business website. So, and then your long term is going more into like full time nutritional consultancy. Um, yeah. What sort of demographic are you looking at? What sort of is it going to be? Kind of people like yourself. What What would What would you ideally like to the sort of person you'd like to work with? Yeah, yeah. The ideal person would be someone like me or someone in a similar situation to me where you want to lose weight. You're not looking at, you know, doing bikini competitions and crap like that. You just want to be healthy and you don't want to be wading through the bullshit in the industry and all the fad diets. You just want to know, how do I get healthy? Once I'm there, how do I keep it? And that's what I want to 
help others because I wish I'd found like James Smith or any accounting type person, you know, straight to straight to the point. No, no frills. I wish I'd found that three years ago. And maybe it's because I didn't personally look. Um, I was referred to Slimming World by my own mum. But, you know, if I'd had that information, you know, I would have I would have taken a shortcut to the answer rather than, you know, pissing around, not achieving anything for two years. And I think, like, a lot of people, I don't know, the, the very tunnel visioned, especially when they get this kind of idea of what a good diet looks like or health or whatever, and it's they're just so um, ignorant to anything else. Yeah, and definitely. I, and I think when you get to the place where, you know, you sound like you currently are and where I've been for quite a while now is like, wow, shit, actually... I can do get away with so much if you'd like, you know, turn a better phrase and still, you know, maintain and progress with your health. And arguably it's a a more healthy way of looking at everything. Yeah. And I think um, once you achieve that knowledge, you naturally want to help others and share it with others. Um, I don't know if that's what encouraged you to get into nutrition and what your goals are. Um, it's been a kind of organic evolution for me since the beginning. You know, I was, I started about 12, 13 years ago with my entire process, which led has led me to this point. And that I was borderline alcoholic, worked in a dead end job, smoked. And I just kind of one day said, you know, fuck it. I need to sort this out, joint the gym and to a certain degree, the rest is history. It inevitably changed my entire career based off that decision, you know, and my social circles changed and everything yeah. really has, from that decision, has positively happened uh, to my life, hence why I want to kind of spread the good word, you know, and like bodybuilding yeah. and getting very lean, that's very me. You know, that's just yeah. that's just for me. And of course, I can help people do that. However, like it's coming from a foundation of health and the foundation of, you know, critical thinking. And um, I wouldn't be prepared to take anybody to that degree of leanness unless they were found Like I've got clients who are in an off season now, and that's just laying the foundations for when they do start dieting and understanding fundamentals and so on and so forth yeah yeah so it's like a natural progression of yeah i did this now i want to help others do it yeah and i think like i've been i've been doing this such a long time and really when i started which i'm pleased about there was no social media there was no um areas of comparison it wasn't so overwhelming even the internet wasn't kind of like at the forefront we had good old dial-up and that wasn't until like <laughs> you know and, and you could do fuck all with it anyway there was no google there was no instagram facebook <laughs> you know it, it and when facebook first started it was when you kind of like you spoke as if you were the third person and it was like ian bickle is going to the shops and shit like that <laughs> You know, so it wasn't yeah. it wasn't as kind of like I don't know marketed um, as it, as much as it is now. So uh, to I think to a certain degree, like 
imposter syndrome for me has massively creeped in as I've had more exposure to these platforms. So it's about managing that more or less. Sure. Because uh, I think I think sometimes when you're very passionate about something, you you do question. Um, question the process quite a lot, and that's kind of like what led me personally to Mac Nutrition is like, listen, I think I know my shit, but yeah. I I want something to kind of legitimate, legitimize that, and yeah. something as respectful as MNU for somebody to say, hey yes <laughs> and that's kind of it's i think like, like it's a seal of approval isn't it yeah to a certain degree um i'm 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 the kind of person who i, I don't need that really um however yeah. so it's not really about that anymore maybe in the past it was <clears throat> getting that seal of approval for example bodybuilding the first competition i ever get done was really not necessarily for me it was for the people at the gym who were going you know go on Ian you'll do that and then I think um, yeah the last time I prepped that was very much for me you know Um, yeah so I think like the go home really for me is do what the fuck you want like and make mistakes because I've made a shitload and I think like each one of them mistakes has allowed me to be more I don't know critically able to think and be a better coach a more empathetic coach a more experienced coach because i have walked the walk quite a lot yeah yeah i get that and i think this is what will probably uh and it actually i'd remove that word probably what will make you um a success because you've got experience and you've got to think positively about moving forward that you will lose the weight, you will be healthier and it's going to be full of twists and turns and ups and downs. However, when you have, when you are successful, um, you can kind of resonate with people and empathize and like draw from like personal evidence, uh, which again yeah. is about evidence-based practice. It isn't about just what PubMed says, but, you know, you can help people tackle issues that you've uh, experienced yourself. Yeah, which is, I'm kind of hoping for that, um, in that I'll be able to help people that I can see, like the old me in, if that makes sense. Yeah, and I think like it... I've got I've got people that I currently help non-officially, non-paid for, whatever you want to call it, as a friend, I guess. I don't know them, but I help them. Yeah, and it's with things like overcoming the fear of getting in the gym and how to track things on my fitness pal and you know do I need to worry about fiber do I need to worry about fats all of this kind of stuff that people just want the simple answer and I can help them based on what I've learned myself so like getting in the gym I I used to have crippling fear over getting in the gym and um, I was one of them people that paid for the gym membership but never bloody went and uh, it wasn't until I did like a little challenge with myself of going to the gym every day for 10 days. That was it. After that, I've been fine. I can, I can walk in the gym. I'm, I'm confident. I'm happy. I know what I'm doing. But prior to that, just getting in the gym was like the hardest part for me. Yeah, I think it's, it's such a kind of 
a difficult thing committing to something so big but like you say just simplifying it and making it um, a lot more digestible um, which kind of links me nicely to uh, what we've been doing this week do you like how I did this Um, (laughs) smooth (laughs) (laughs) Um, so we've been doing this week on um, Mac Nutrition University has been about uh, the digestive and endocrine system um yep. it's i've noticed probably this week it's starting to get like very real um the education side of it yeah yeah it's gone from here's a little light touch on this to right here's the pancreas here's what it does you're like okay okay let me write all this down <laughs> i mean i don't know about you but i had to watch part one twice just just to understand everything that was said well, my new system is I'm listening to it like a podcast and yeah. then I'm going and watching the lecture. So I've kind of already heard it and now I'm hearing it again with pictures. So I'm I'm, I'm just trialing that. But I found I only trialed that on part two. So yeah. I'm just seeing how that goes because I, I, I'm shit at like learning. This isn't a fun way of learning for me. It's just like reading. I can read a page of a book and I'm like, what have I just read? Yeah. yeah. So it's, you know, I did. I and did how, how did you find that listening then watching? I think I found it better. However, um, yeah. I'll, I'll, I don't want to definitively say yes, it's a way forward. I'll do it a few more times and maybe it's just yeah. a, if people are listening who are on the course, an idea that they could maybe uh, try out and feedback to me how they found that. Yeah. But uh, I think, to be fair, one of the the most impressive things I found about the whole two lectures is just how blasé um, Martin is about all of these kind of ridiculously multi, um, you know, parted words. And it's just like... <laughs> yeah and it's just like you know what you see maybe on instagram and all of this is just kind of a a tip of how knowledgeable he really is you know i don't think i've actually kind of like appreciated it but when he's talking blase about you know all of these kind of releasing hormones this and that which have ridiculous amount of um i'm trying struggling for the world is word is it Similes? No, not similes. That you know, break up words. You know, um, acronyms. No, I don't know. no, no, no. I, I, people will be shouting at it, and I'm, I'm just, <laughs> I've had a proper brain fart there. But uh, yeah, it just kind of shows. Like for me, I, I'm finding the course really enjoyable so far. But now, like the real education on nutrition's come into it. Uh, how have you found this week? Has there been any kind of nuggets that you found really informative? Um, I, I was quite interested in the uh, negative feedback loop section yes. and uh, how one then triggers another. So I don't know why that just appealed to me. And I was I actually went away and watched a YouTube video on it. Just me because... too. Did you? <laughs> yeah. Which one? Was it the really simple one uh i don't know it was like a cartoon type thing with um someone talking over it oh, i can't remember which one i want but it was like something you would maybe show at primary school or something and yes. i'm like oh yes. i'm like yeah yeah 
but sometimes that's the best way to learn isn't it you start with the simple explanation then you re-watch the lecture and you're like ah yes that makes sense but uh, I just found it's it's all like a tidal wave of information and I know he said um, I know Martin said you're not going to need to know this um, on a day-to-day basis it's just good to know it and that's kind of stuck with me in that okay I don't need to be able to roll this off my tongue like Martin can but I do need to have an idea of what this is yeah I think this is probably one of the things that intimidates me about online debates is if you're, say, for example, debating with someone like Martin McDonald oh and, and yeah, and they come out with like something like that, I'd be like, shit. Yeah. You know, and it's just about like, as he says, what do you need to know? Who are the people you're working with? Yeah. Um, and what type of coach do you really want to be? And it's kind of like all of this kind of re-cements which type, what type of course a coach I want to be, and a, and the type yeah. of person I'm not the sort of person who's going to kind of like, um, be able to refer to study after study, uh, just off the top no. of my head because I ain't I ain't that clever. No, but I think it's about who you're going to be working with as well. So like when we're t- talking about hormones and um, the like exterior things you can do to interfere with your body, like injecting growth hormone. I found that interesting, but I don't think I'm ever going to work with someone that says to me, well, oh, Anna, I've, I've actually injected a bit of growth hormone. I, you know, I just don't see that in my future. No, um, nor do I. No. Natural but, um... athletes only, please. Yeah, but it's, it's it's interesting to know and it's fascinating to learn about it. But then I think, oh, God, I'm never going to retain this information. But actually, I am starting to retain it because people at work know I'm doing this course and they talk to me about it and I just ramble for a good 20 minutes about the lecture, which I think is helping me cement the learning. But then I think, God, what am I talking about? <laughs> yeah, I think I think to a certain degree, like... I think doing the additional homework and putting everything like next to which gland does what and its purpose and function helped me a lot. And there's something I'm actually now printing off the exams as well. So once I've done the, I mean, the quizzes, so I'm printing them off oh, as yeah. well, just to kind of like as another learning uh, tool. Yeah, I've been doing a similar thing when um when it's completed, I then write it out. But that's just because I learn from writing yeah uh, so it, you know it's good and interesting different ways of learning so people can kind of trial all these different things and if they've got maybe a suggestion they can throw it at us because um yeah you know. i think everyone learns in a different way um when i signed up to mnu and i told my other half i think he panicked a bit because um we've been together since i was at school and he used to come round and I would have, um, my mum would bring home the flip chart paper, you know, that you get on like the massive A3 or A2 stands. And I'd put it all over my wall and then I'd just write loads of acronyms and it'd be all different colours. So I'd, I'd probably look like a mental patient with writing all over the wall. And I think my other half panicked that I was going to have like all these nutritional information facts all over the house. Um, luckily it hasn't got to that bit no. yet <laughs> <laughs> so if um, when it comes to you like actually starting MNU were you slightly 
nervous about like a whole year of learning again? I was nervous and the thing that I was actually most nervous about was the fact that a lot of people doing the course like yourself you're in really good shape you know what you're doing you've you've already had some clients you've already helped people and then there's me coming in and I'm like yeah yeah I'm still fat hello <laughs> and it's like you know I'm the imposter I'm the outsider coming in but actually everyone on MNU is super friendly and I haven't found that at all but it's just like my internal thoughts, which is why I was talking to another student this week. And I said, you know, he asked if I was the um, full with honours. And I'm not because the thought of sitting in a room with a load of PTs terrifies me because everyone will, I just feel like everyone's going to be looking at me like, who the, who the fuck is she? But now I kind of regret it. But in the same way, I'm kind of happy with the online status. But that was my biggest fear with MNU. I don't know. I don't know if that makes sense. Oh, definitely, and I think I think everybody fears. I don't know judgment. I guess. Yeah. What did you did you have any fears or reservations? Oh, just whether I'm clever enough, like whether I'll actually be able to keep up because I just don't enjoy learning. Like I literally left school, GCSEs, four Cs, and I hate. I just didn't didn't take to it very well. So that's probably. Yeah. The most intimidating thing for me is like being able to stuff like exams and things like that give us a little bit anxiety yeah and how have you found it because i saw your um your homework video where you you know when we had to do the video and you'd done the bit with the whiteboard oh, with and the... all the stats and i thought oh that's a great you know <laughs> i thought you had that nailed yeah well that was about take 300 i think <laughs> but like some of the shit, like, the reason I stopped was because I say things that just pop into my head, which, like, it's it just stupid, and I'm like, why are you saying that, you know? But, you know, I had a, I had a dog chew. I was doing it with that. <laughs> I was just like, what? <laughs> but, like, I would just start speaking, and like you said, when you're talking, and you're like, what the fuck have I just said? Especially when it... Because, like, I could have quite easily talked about, you know, health and things like that, but I thought, you know, I'm really struggling with P values and standard deviations, and yeah. you know, uh, correlation coefficients, and all of that. Uh, so, I thought I'll give that a whirl. And, like, I think even doing that, I must have spent quite a long time just doing that. It's really helped us learn it. Yeah, I did. Um, I did actually copy you when I saw your whiteboard thing. I thought, right, I'm gonna, I don't have a whiteboard, but um, I did it on a bit of paper. Yeah. Right now, some like example standard deviations and stuff, which really really helped. So actually, you've helped me already. Wow. But, uh, well, there you there you go. You see, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, MNU is definitely a steep steep learning curve. And um, when we did one point three, I know it's a while ago now. The research methods, I just panicked. I thought, oh my god, this is maths. I can't do maths. What the hell have I signed up for? I'm not going to pass. All of this kind of fear just came over me but um you know watching everyone else's videos and then uh watching the check-in week a lot of penny drop penny drop moments were in that for me and then um yeah yeah and i think to be fair like listening to everybody a lot of people are in the same boat you know everybody's just a little bit kind of like unconfident so hopefully if we've got fellow students listening to this you know and they're kind of like sat there nodding the 
head going, yeah, I, d- I didn't have a clue or anything like that. <laughs> it's just kind of like I- I'm relatively insecure and I think, <laughs> you know, the online world can paint a, a pretty picture and show people's highlights. Uh, however, we're all a little bit unconfident in, in different aspects. Put me, you know, even yeah. doing stuff in front of camera, like put me in a room full of, 200 people and i will just lap that up i love that sort of stuff whereas if you put me in front of a camera like you you just forget Freeze. you forget your name <laughs> you're like what yeah. yeah what am i talking about and it's just yeah it's just different like i i like making people laugh i like making people uh enjoy the process i guess and see how fun and easy it can be however you know yeah doing stuff um outside of that can be uh, a little bit uh challenging and daunting yeah yeah i get that yeah. i get that but yeah i mean we're coming up uh to a significant time here so <clears throat> we're probably gonna wrap this up a little bit um okay. so anna if people want to kind of follow your journey through mnu and also your personal fat loss where can people find your uh, information uh so my base i guess is instagram which is nutri n-u-t-r-i underscore a-f which a lot of people seems to think stands for as fuck but it's actually anna flamingo yeah well, um, well that's what i thought it was i knew it was yeah. anna flamingo i'm kind of riding with that though nutri as fuck i kind of like it um and then I'm also on Twitter and Facebook, but there's links to that off my Instagram. So that's the best place to find me. And that's also where I'm most active. So if people message me, that's um, that's where you're most likely to get a reply. Brilliant. And I've noticed everybody seems to have this link tree thing on their Instagram. So Yes. Have you got it? I've got it now. Everybody has it. Where Where was nobody told us? It's just genius, though, isn't it? You only get one link. Okay, well, someone's made a platform where you can then put five links off one link. That's brilliant. I love it. I was looking at uh, Eric Helms's uh, 3DMJ coach, and he's got, like, 50. Ridiculous. (laughs) My finger was tired from scrolling. Yeah, it's a, it's a it's a good workaround from the from the one link bio. Yeah, for us people who have no well, actually you do you have the swipe up function. I do have the swipe up. You know what? When I first got it, I was like, right, I'm gonna put a link on everything, and I used to just do like I'd see a Facebook video or a YouTube video that would make me laugh, uh-huh. and I'd put it on my stories, and I'd just write swipe up to laugh. And people can swipe up and then message me saying, what the fuck was that? Because it'd be like a funny dog video. Uh-huh. And then I was like, oh, I need to rein this in a bit. I got a bit overexcited. Did you become, uh, you know, too much power? Yeah, too much power's too fast. <laughs> <laughs> you see. Well, um, yeah, well, huge thanks. Maybe one day I will get this the swipe up function. Yeah, and then you'll get overexcited as well. I will. Everything will be swipe up. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, right. I want to just say a huge thank you. I'm going to probably edit this. Apologies to anybody about the uh, audio quality. Um, and hopefully, well, I should be back next week with uh, a new guest. So again, one more time, thank you very much, Anna. 
thank you thank you for having me and sorry about my um my internet connection problems <laughs> it's all right thank you